0: If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee, I'm Doc Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do.
1: Just getting to access those historical significance artifacts, models, and put it in desktop AR, seeing it, even though I did not have a chance, I do not have a chance to visit in real life, that's really cool.
0: And what's even cooler is what Dr. Kong Kongsilp is making possible for students worldwide through desktop AR. Dr. Kongsilp, who prefers to be called Rabbit, is the founder and CEO of Bangkok-based holographic computer startup Perception. And what Perception does is seriously cool because they are creating 3D representations of items, which users get to view as holograms right in front of them with simply red and blue glasses as opposed to VR headsets. And recently, Perception entered into an exciting partnership that's going to allow students worldwide to see and interact with historical and scientific artifacts from any learning space. Rabbit, some really exciting things have been happening for you and Perception since we last spoke in February. Would you tell me about those, please? Yeah. So.
1: Since February, we got introduced to the Global Entrepreneurial Program by the UK government. And they introduced us to museums in London. And that is how we managed to work with the Imperial War Museums and the Science Museum Group. And then, you know, working with these museums, what we are planning to do is to utilize the accessibilities of the technologies to bring museum artifacts to as many students around the world as possible. Mainly because you know that only a handful of students would have a chance or an opportunity to fly to London and experience these historical artifacts in real life. And that's, that's the same thing for all the museums, wonderful museums like Smithsonian's or American Museum of Natural History. There are so many cool stuff like the Space Shuttle where it's part of human history. And we just want to take that and share it with as many people as much as possible.
0: When you do something like go to the National Railway Museum, for example, and you're going to be translating, let's say a three-ton steam engine into desktop AR, what are some of the challenges? How do you get this right?
1: The first one would be that the museum itself have to have these 3D models of the artifacts first. Now that's a challenge by itself. There are so many groups of people that are specialized in coming in, take various photos of the artifacts, and then reconstruct it into 3D models that we usually use in normal computers. But if the museums already have that, actually... Museums have more than 1,700 models readily available already. So we can take that and then we can just put it on our software and we can have it in holograms. And all of that can be done in basic programming. It would take 15 minutes for programmers to to start doing something with it.
0: We really should, for anybody that didn't hear our earlier conversation, just mention that what you have is this extremely cool plugin for the Unity technology engine. Polo sdk and it's something that developers can pretty much use i could probably use it and create something which is exciting and you've been doing a lot of fun stuff with it where are you right now with this project with the two museum groups what happens next
1: so we just finished the moas with them we have to gone through a lot of process in order to secure this project, but right now we are just an initial stage of the development. So we are bringing in artifacts from the museums as well as pictures and descriptive text to make sure that all the contents are on the point, and we are working to send them to the museums to make sure that they are happy with it. Currently we are targeting to launch the exhibitions in autumn, so that we can make it through wonderful uh, events like London Tech Week.
0: Wow, what can you tell me about the exhibitions or should I not ask that yet?
1: So The exhibition itself, what we'll do is that we will have a website called specifically for holographic exhibitions. And there on that website, you would be able to go and you see two exhibitions, one from the Imperial War Museums and the other one from the Science Museum Group. And if you like to view these historical artifacts in real life, you can just download it onto your computers and play it with the red and blue glasses that you already have. Of course, we will be sending out these classes specifically to students in the UK and in Thailand. So we are targeting 20,000 students from that. But if there are any schools that like to also be part of it and want to you know, experience these holographic exhibitions, we're also trying to send these classes to as many schools as much as possible. So the sky's the limit here.
0: What if a local school in California, where I'm based right now, Here's this. And they say, how do we access this incredibly cool thing? How do they get in touch with you?
1: So once the project is about to release, the website will be live and there will be a form for the schools to apply to get the glasses as well. But for now, if you'd like to get an, an early, you know, communications rolling in, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn at any time.
0: Once again, Rabbit's full name is Dr. Kong Kongsilp. You can find him on LinkedIn and he says the exhibition date is going to be posted in the near future. Let's assume that anybody listening right now didn't hear our previous interview. You have this great application on your website where you show how to put an item into AR, how a teacher could actually do this. Suppose I wanted to do this and I'm a teacher, but I've never done anything like this before. Where do I start? What do I do?
1: Oh, so if you are a computer science or programming teacher and you like to use the technologies within your class, what you can do is that you can go to our website, that is holo-sdk.com, and there you will find a link to download the plugins for Unity as well as documents. That will help you and your students to make programs. However, currently, we do have an educational programs readily available so that if you applied, we can send you a free license for you to use at the school without cost. Now, this is some things that are available right now. So feel free to go out to our website and sign up at any time. And we'll be sure to send you... And it helps you through the process in any way that we can.
0: Again, that's holo sdk.com.
1: In the next couple of months, when the exhibition becomes live, we will be announcing on our Holo SDK website more information about how you know other area of the branch of subjects you know, can access and learn more about these historical artifacts from the museums. Now, I have to point out here that you do not require any special device like a uh, headsets that can maybe be costly. You can use it with a normal computer's laptop with uh, web cameras. So for the exhibition itself, please stay tuned on the website and more information will be available in the next few months.
0: Let's do a quick... Imaginary lesson. If we were looking right now at one of those artifacts that you're putting into desktop AR, what would be something as a teacher that we could do that would engage the students and get them talking and interacting with this?
1: So let's say for the, the one of the artifacts that we are planning to bring into this holographic experience is a uh, Merlin engine, uh, which is an engine from the Spitfire plane. So with that, the students can view these models from different angles, all the while have that important facts and key information next to it. So as a teacher, you don't have to just show pictures to your students anymore, but instead you can act just like having this engine right in front of you. And you can point to different side of things. And together with the students, you can inspect how each part of the function works. This would be the first step to our holographic exhibitions. But in the upcoming futures, if the schools or any other educational software implement the technology, you will be able to see things like gas combustions, animations moving on that would animate the process of how engine works as well. But that's some things to be follow up in the next stage of where we are right now.
0: I understand that perception did something really fun. A short time ago, actually, you had a workshop with a prep school in Bangkok. Would you tell me about this and what was happening for you?
1: So in that workshop, we are exploring the use of technologies for educational sectors. So what we did is that we set up a workshop where we have about 30 students roughly at the age of 12 to 15, who have some experience in programming a little bit. So with that, we're having them into the class, and we have this small manual for them, and then they can start making their own holographic application at the schools. Now, this is some things that is done before COVID, roughly before the Covid start to break out where I am, but it can pretty much be you know done during Covid as well, as it all it needs is uh, normal computers and all the students can do it at home.
0: What were some of the fun things the students came up with?
1: They actually made an application that they are following the guidelines, the tutorials that we provide. But what they did is that they created tiny Mars rovers that runs on Mars, and they control the Mars rover around, around in the volumetric experience. So think about seeing Mars floating in front of the screen, just like what you which saw from Hollywood movies, and then have a tiny spaceship robot running on it. So that's what they did.
0: And this, by the way, is desktop AR, where it's running around on the screen, but we don't need VR glasses. We have the red and blue glasses and that's it. That's all we need, which is really exciting. What about your experience so far, coming back to the museum group, what has been one of the best fun creative experiences you've had thus far with this new project with these two museum groups?
1: Wow. Just the, the opportunity to get to work with them alone and the impact that we would create through the museums is one of the things that motivates us and really excites us. So, and however, you know, I think another thing would be to work and be, you know, do a part of the exhibitions at the museum themselves. But, you know, to enjoy that kind of glory, you we just have to assume. The world's opened up a little bit because of COVID, so I'm I still have my finger crossed on that. But in the meantime, just getting to access those historical significance artifacts, models, and put it in desktop AR, seeing it, even though I did not have a chance, I do not have a chance to visit in real life, that's really cool.
0: I got drawn immediately to the National Railway Museum in that museum group because I love trains. What's going to be especially fun for you as you go forward and you're translating all these artifacts from the War Museum and the Science Group into AR?
1: Yeah. So after these exhibitions, we're looking to expand our collaborations with all museums around the world. So hopefully we can have a place where people can come and learn about historical artifacts in real life. Now, it is not something that cannot complete or will replace the actual real world experience, but it's just some things that open up the door for the museums to reach audience beyond the museum's wall um, at a much broader scale. But at the same time, it's also about preserving and having that backup, a holographic representation of that artifacts in this environment. Because unfortunately, physical items do degrade over time. So it's something that I see as uh, very important to our human history to preserve it as many as much as we can.
0: It's interesting how much more personal this will make the museum experience. I don't know about you, but every time I walked into a museum pre-COVID, I felt like I had to put my hands behind my back. I felt like I was having to say, I'm not gonna touch anything really, seriously. Now it's a matter of I can look at this if I want to, and I can actually, quote, touch it in augmented reality. It's gonna be a totally different experience. This has some interesting implications for arts. Museums have taken a trouncing with this COVID pandemic, but theaters, and cinema, and dance companies, things of that nature. Is this coming down the road for perception?
1: Well, first about the touching, yes, totally. I have the same feeling when I visit every museum when I was studying in Paris. There is something about humans that we always want to put our hands out and interact with stuff that we are learning with. So with this desktop AR Holo SDKs, you can see up close and you can interact with it and also i have to say that currently if you try to touch it on desktop ar it will be like a phantom touch so you won't get any haptic feedback from that but it is definitely on our pipeline to develop some kind of uh, interaction using hand in the near future moving on to the other applications with this kind of uh, technologies we are you know, the sky's the limit here. So in the near future, I hope that we can see performance art or plays rolling out in a stage-like experience where we're looking down from a third-person perspective, like on top of an opera house or something. So it would be really cool. It would be a new ways for us to enjoy performance art, but as well as others' digital arts and digital arts as well. Yeah.
0: This is going to be so cool. What's exciting also about perception, as mentioned before, it's accessible to everybody because you have that license. You have tutorials on your website that will teach me how exactly to do this. You have just had a Holo hackathon as well. Where are you at that?
1: So we already have the top five contenders, and they are in the final stage of the competing. And we saw a lot of cool applications coming up from hackathon. We are very likely to do it again in the upcoming years now that we get the word out more about desktop AR and what it is. So we are looking to forward to see a fiercer competitions in the upcoming, the next events, if I will.
0: Yeah. We might want to add that people can still vote for the five contenders. They're on your Facebook page. Yes, totally. Voting for the hackathon continues through August 31st and the winner will be announced on September 1st. When you say the sky's the limit, where would you be in five more years if everything went just as you wanted it to go? <laughs> Thank you. So, you
1: know, right now we are working with these two wonderful museums and we're hoping it will take to up to 10 and well, 20 and much more and we can take it much broader scale. But. Ultimately, you know, at its core, desktop AR tech is not limited to just red and blue glasses. It can be for all kinds of stereoscopic display, and it can be for as long as there are head tracking aspects combining to it. So... Actually, there is a situation, there is a possibility that we can make this technology available on mobile phone or even on laptop computers that you wouldn't even need glasses to wear and enjoy at all. Whereas you still have that full color experience. So the technology is there, the physics is there, but the the economics, the the price of the hardware and the R&D that needs to go into it, are still behind. So if everything's going as, as planned, I would hope that in the next five years, when we come back home and when we sit down in front of our workstation, we would be playing games, shopping, you know, surf the net, or having these interviews all in volumetric experience. And that's possible in the physics you know, from the fundamental physics level. So it's right up there in the realm of uh, possibilities. So that's what I'm hoping to see.
0: This is going to be exciting. I also failed to mention that now you have an application for Mac. Thank you. I couldn't do that before when you and I were talking, so I'm looking forward to that when my computer will cooperate. What would you consider one of the most important things that you yourself have learned over the Mm. past few months about desktop AR? So
1: I believe that... Introducing any new kind of solutions or innovations takes time, and it takes more than I expected. So it may be that when we are working on some things that very close to our heart, at its core, we are biased to some degrees. So it takes more effort to reach out and you know, find the, the path to show and just to share these technologies with the world in the past my engineering mindset thought if you have a really cool tech really cool product people were just going to come to you but there are so many other things beyond just technology itself we have to find the right team right partners and the right way forward And with that, I'm just really grateful that I have these wonderful opportunities to meet with these two wonderful museums and to have these opportunities to show the tech, what it is like. So I would just say that doing startups and taking anything new is a challenge. And so be prepared and stay fierce, but at the same time, be super, super grateful for where I am each and every day. So even with all this pandemic going around, so it's important to stay positive.
0: If you could say only one thing to the students, the future innovators, about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you tell them to take away from what you're doing right now with these museums?
1: So if you're a student and you have a dreams to work on something on your own, one of my personal lessons that I learned would be that It takes an effort to find something that you love. It takes an effort to find your passion. But at the same time, pursuing that will be a challenge. So as all things that's valuable never comes easy. And all those things that come easy will not be valuable. So it will take much more effort for you to pursue that. And with that, I just want to tell you that Keep doing it. Just keep doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Stay persistent. Thank you you for your time today. Thank you, Dot, for having me here once again. And thank you for these wonderful opportunities to share our projects with the audience. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you for following up. And please stay tuned. And don't forget that educational license is available now. And stay tuned for the holographic exhibitions in the upcoming months. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You and I have been listening to Rabbit, also known as Dr. Kong Kongsilp, founder and CEO of desktop-based holographic startup Perception. For updates on Perception's new partnership with London's Imperial War Museum and Science Museum Group, check out their website at holo-sdk.com. That's holo-sdk.com. And as Rabbit said, if you're an educator who'd like to get your students involved in viewing the new augmented reality experiences from Perception, you're welcome to reach out to them on LinkedIn. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at 2Mavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.